You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, I hope you have a wonderful time with me today as we enjoy talking about your kids' emerging personality types. I am so geeked out for this episode. I love helping you to discover your kids' greatest gifts, as well as to remember neuroplasticity, neurogenesis is happening at such great rates with your kids that we would never want to overly nuance them from a young age. We would want to remember that they're all going to have somewhat of a youthful flair and be having lots of changes and shifts and growth along the way. But what we can do is begin to find their emerging gifts. And I can't count how many people have talked to me about this on my Instagram page, especially where they say, oh, I wish I'd had a parent who'd recognize this the way you uh, recognize your teen girls and your son. And I really don't mean that as anything toward myself as doing better. It's literally that we have tools our parents didn't have at their access or disposal. And so it is cool that we have approached maybe this Maslovian mountain a little bit higher in that way of being able to nuance and understand. So we don't want to leave that behind, these opportunities, but we also don't want to pare them down so much that they're like, oh my gosh, I'm an exhausted 40-year-old by the time I'm five. Uh, And so I definitely want you to understand that I have made lots of mistakes, but also uh, I think we all have, and I think we've also done a lot of beautiful things together. And I can tell you the good news is my kids are emerging beautifully. So I feel like I'm in a good space to share that. I also know that those of you who are ahead of me are like, okay, wait, they're all still at home, right? Like, you know, and I know that I still have a lot to learn too, but what I've already learned has been so rich and valuable through the Enneagram about each of my kids' temperaments and many others as well. So I want to share that with you today, as well as help you to know, hey, there are a lot of great general kid tools that you can learn. I know Gottman has a lot of great tools for kids. There are so many wonderful wonderful accounts now popping up for kids. And Dr. Caroline Leaf has been focusing on kids lately. I saw her big warning today, make sure your kids are hydrated. I thought that was a great one for this time of year when I'm recording, when it's like mid-August, you're going back to school, you're dripping with sweat. I'm sure your kids can feel me on that one. Um, I'm just dripping with sweat. I have no excuse. But as far as just really being able to say, ah, like I want to do the right thing for my kids. I want to know what to do for their developing temperament. You are in the right space. We're doing all of that with you today very briefly. So we'll continue this conversation. It's a biggie, but this is an important one for today because we haven't revisited it in a while. And with spiral education, I truly believe we have to keep learning and adding. So I'll just briefly remind you that we have three triads we could look at our kids from, and that would be the heart, head, and body types. You might just stay right there and say, 
oh, I'm keeping an eye on the fact that I think my kid's a heart type and needs lots of attention. I think my kid's a thinking type and I need to help them with their worries and help them to feel safe. Or I think my kid's a gut or body type and I need to help them to know how to work with their gift of bringing justice to the world. So all of these temperaments would really be just blessed for you to do even just that level where you're like, I'm working with my heart type on not being codependent and overly relational, but also finding safe relationships and setting boundaries. And I'm working with that thinking type on you know, how to get that extra excess energy out and and the myriad of ways you could be working with the anger in your body type, kid. Uh, this is cool. You don't have to go down to numbers one through nine. You could also go from an instincts perspective where you really allow yourself and them to say, oh, okay, so my kid is quite self-preserving in this moment. I can see why. Help me to balance them out a little bit with one-to-one and social in the ways that they would feel most comfortable and also not to push too hard. That's another great place that you can learn from. And I've been doing both of those pieces, but also the nuance work with mine, even though my son, I don't have his full type developed. I think that knowing my daughter's temperaments has been a huge gift to their upbringing. And I think that in the middle school years, and they've both shared it on this podcast, it's no secret before, that their middle school years and onward through high school has been so much richer and healthier because they've been able to use these nuances. So don't be afraid of that, but also just give them space to be themselves and don't overly Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, five, you know, big five, anything over the top with them. Let them come to you with who they think they're developing into. I know my four recently said, mom, I think I'm self-pres and not social. And I said, for where you're at right now in this transition in life, that makes sense. And she said, no, I think it's my temperament. I I know I'm an I in the Myers-Briggs and I think that I really value my home and my life there. And I really value that part of life as well, more than I realize. And, you know, because she's the also the perceiver and the I and the intuitive on Myers-Briggs and a four heart type, she's like, it takes a lot for me to give out when I'm out with people, it it costs me greatly. And so I love my intentional friendships. I love my intentional ministry. She's very good with young kids too and developmentally um, disabled, but she really likes her home time and as an introvert needs that. And that was very critical for her to say to me, you know, I can't be pushed too hard because my interior world is recovering or processing in a different way than many people in this family uh, who are very on the outs with like, we are out here, we are social. Um, And so I'm the next one to her that might be more like that, but even I have my social elements. So I think that it's helpful for your kids to be able to have these safe conversations with you as they emerge without you judging, without you saying, oh, that's not true. Don't type yourself, but just, oh, tell me what you're learning. So comment them with compassion and some courage of your own because maybe they're growing and developing into a temperament you never thought you would have as a child. And you're like, oh, I had no idea I was going to get this temperament. This is so different from me. But understand that our kids make us better people just as we try to make them better people. So instead of making each other more bitter, let's make each other better. Cliche, but true. And let's walk through the nine types and just a couple of brief tips for each of us as we're parenting one-ish through nine-ish kids. So if you're parenting a kid who's one-ish, make sure that you're not expecting so much of them to be this little parentified adult, but that you're allowing them to make mistakes, that you're even encouraging them to say sorry 
and to be able to own it when they made one and to have a little bit of a an inner encourager versus just the inner critic. So you might say to them, gosh, I know that uh, it was hard to admit this happened with your sibling or at school, but like, I know that I've made a lot of mistakes and uh, your kid might say, no, 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 because they're in that justice orientation. But for you to just be able to say, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives out there and you have a really good one, but there's somebody else with a different story than you and God loves you all. That's very powerful for your one child to hear. Also for your one to just get to get to have fun. What a gift to them to know that as their parent, that you don't hold these adult standards for them, but that you know they're a kid and that they need fun too. And it's also okay to take that step back. And this goes for every one of the temperaments to be able to say, okay, I know that sometimes when you're in that one-ish space, I can expect too much of you, but here's me saying today, I'm really being intentional not to do that. And so that you guys can have more of an open forum versus just like, Oh, I hope I do everything okay. And I hope my kid knows I, you know, try and and just hoping instead talk it out with them sometimes and let them know we're all growing together. I'm learning who you are. I don't want to overly label you, but when I see you in this space, I'm going to try to reevaluate a bit. Um, also there's good of that space. So helping them to understand what their gifts are as a one. And that goes for all the types too. Hope you know the basics of the types. If you don't make sure you go to enneagramandmarriage.com. A little bit of a plug there essential though. Okay. Type two, make sure that if your your child is the giver, the helper, that they are aware of how to set boundaries also. They're giving so radically in their community. It's so beautiful. As you heard me say about my heart type, it's also costly. So for them to not manipulate in a way that is negative, it's going to be important that they understand that everyone has your same gift. Everyone is equal and beloved. Everyone is a helper of God in different ways, and you deserve to take rest, and you're going to have to figure out what that looks like and I can help you. That's a really empowering parent and they will thank you for that later instead of you saying, oh, I just see that you're a helper and you know, go off and do that. Let them understand what it means to rest. Let them understand what it means like just you're loved even when you're not helping. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful concept for them to be hearing. So for threes, they also love and need attention and they will try to dazzle for attention. And it's important that you as a parent, if you're that soccer parent who's yelling at the kid on the field, I have been there before. So I try not to do these kinds of things like the wild video games and the soccer parent stuff because I'm like, like, how did that come out of me? Like, I try to stay away from that. It's almost like the ring of power, like taking over and you're like, that's not me. Um, So you could either do what I do and try to lay low a little bit, but Better yet would be to say, like, I am your biggest cheerleader. I am that person who is raring to go for you when you're on the field. Um, But I also know that when you're off the field, I just love you so much. And when you win, when you lose, I'm right here for it all because that's all part of life. And I don't expect you to be on all the time or to win all the time. Also, when you catch your child lying, Threes really, or developing threes, really like to know that they're going to be safe if they tell the truth. And sometimes a parent can be like, if you did this and I heard about it, you're in so much trouble. Instead, try to understand nobody's going to tell you the truth if you do that. So come at them with like, if you did this, I want to figure out what we can do to support you better so that you're not shaming them and further projecting them into their mis, uh, you know, misunderstanding and unhealth. Um, now, of course, celebrate their beautiful victories and milestones and their beautiful strengths. 
type fours, yes, they're unique. Yes, it's fun to see that. Hopefully you're not shaming them for the uniqueness. I know my daughter went through a lot of funny um, bang stages. I remember lots of them, like one of them was like um, in Despicable Me, where the the hair is covering the eyeball and, and so many fun little looks. And I tried to enjoy them all as a seven that wasn't that hard. But I also had my moments in the one space where I was like, oh, she's not matching everybody or she's intentionally not matching everybody. And she still does that. And now I've come to understand it's a beautiful part of her essence. And she wants to be loved for who she is on the inside, just as I do. And so I'm like, "A girl, you go. Like, I love that about you. And I'm going to support you in it. But I also want you to know that your four doesn't have to feel like just because they're unique, that's the only reason they're loved. Or um, probably a bigger thing for a lot of fours is when they're in the state of kind of pushing and pulling, that you can come around them and say you're loved even when we're fighting, even when we're not getting along, even when I'm annoyed at you for maybe being in that withdrawing space when I need you to be more active. There's ways that you can try to encourage them to be more active, such as what I've done is morning rituals and, and getting lists made and all of that, but also just being able to say like, you are loved and I love to see you in your heart, mind, and body. What can you do today for that? And your four has a strong one leaning too, because uh, they have an arrow to one. So they do really well with that. They also need their time though to just process emotions. So give them that space and try to understand that they have a rich interior world that they need to develop. And uh, there's nothing you can really do about that. You just have to let that happen. And that's been a journey for me too. Okay. So type fives, I want you to make sure that you are aware if you're overwhelming them. And if they say you're overwhelming, don't argue about that. Just understand that to them and to that their sensory system, however they're wired, it feels overwhelming sometimes, even though that's never your intent. So try to backtrack, try to nuance with them, figure out what it was. Was it your tone? Was it the amount of time spent together? Try to balance them with heart, mind, body. Again, they can be very withdrawing. So they need you to influence and be a healthy parent who's not afraid to help them with some boundaries around their thinking time and also to celebrate their beautiful minds, but to be able to help them to know you're going to be so much farther in life in healthy ways, even right now, if you can truly find that balance and truly take a walk with me or join an activity of your choice. I think that's really key with fives is you can't push them into a box that you want them in, but you can encourage and say, I want every one of my kids to have something physical or and something artistic. Um, and they might say, okay, can tech count? And you absolutely, you know, you can make almost anything into an art, you know, a book club, a writing project. You can really celebrate the creativity in all things. So invite them into this space with you as well and help them to uh, begin to trust you more. As you think about your six-ish child, the same thing is true in terms of they're also a thinking type and they need to develop trust with you and they need to be able to see that you're going to catch them when they fall most of the time, but sometimes they might fall, the other shoe drops and they can dust and get themselves fine, dust off. And I think that sixes need to know that they need to know that they have good planning skills and executions when you get the mind, body, heart balance, that they can also come into their own fullness and decision-making process. That's been a beautiful thing to watch with my son, but you also have to start seeing their plans emerge like, okay, so now they're awake and aware 
and empowered. And so they might have some contrarian things to you. And so letting yourself really lean into just knowing that will be likely with a six-ish child and saying, okay, like how can we negotiate? And I've had to work very hard to find things with my son that we can really work on together. Right now we're getting ready to watch the Superman series. Um, He and my daughter have been watching the Lord of the Rings series to nobody's surprise. And also uh, he does his fitness every day, even in the summer, uh, because it's just part of his ritual. But when he starts to get a little obsessive with it, like he did this week, I said, you know, I just, I want to comment that I think that that's maybe excessive because he's up to like 230 pushups and he was like, mom, can I do a 15 minute plank? And I was like, okay, you're 11. Like you were at the three minute plank and you keep getting incrementally more. And I could see that there's this whole three, six, nine of performance and asking others what they think and kind of being asleep to some of the um, bigger critical thinking skills, especially for a six. So I just kind of left it there and I'm like, let's think about that together. Like, do you think that's really worth your time to develop a 15 minute plank? If it is, maybe we need to look at that. But otherwise, I don't want you to just keep doing it just to check a box. Because if you're going for a Guinness Book of World Records, maybe so, but like otherwise, maybe you can uh, gravitate out a bit with some of these fixations. And so just having these honest conversations together, as well as developing your six's rich interior, even though he and I aren't starting school till next week with his friends and his soccer and his classes, he's already started his math early. and He's already two grades ahead in math. And he's like, I just want to stay ahead because I really like that. And I said, okay, but you know, sometimes some of my friends are teachers and they say that your brain needs to also shift and grow with certain years. So it's okay if you decide not to go to that level, but I support you in it. I'm super excited you're in it. This is so cool. I believe in you. Uh, And we'll take it year by year so that that six knows like you love to advance their minds. There are sixes with multiple language uh, gifts and multiple uh, genius level, probably gifts as well. But to, uh, to help you with your sixth child to know like you don't have to do that. You don't have to be this perfect genius or guru. I'm going to love you no matter what. And I'm here and I'm safe to process uh, your limits with you as well as your heights. So bring them into that courage, support them in it. Um, And there's only so much inviting and bringing we can do for any of our kids, right? They have to do a lot of it themselves, but we can support them. Now, type seven kids, uh, I really want to echo that they will start, and I'm going to say a bit about this with eights too, to test boundaries in ways that feel very energized, they're very passionate, assertive types, and whatever they want as kids, they're going to try to go for. This is what they've learned about how the world works that they have to advocate for their needs. And so for you to become more trustworthy to them, looks like you're really understanding that they need really uh, self-soothing. And you guys can together figure out what that looks like so that when they're testing boundaries, there can be other opportunities and choices for them. Instead of just a no, it could be, this isn't going to work right now, but what could we think of that would help you to calm down or to stay strong or to feel empowered right now? And that way your child can have some options and think through things with you. Sevens don't come to emotions very easily. So sometimes once they get into an emotion, it's hard to then get off of it. So it's nice to be able to say, I see you, I see your sadness, I see your anxiety, and to name some of those feelings for them so that they can come around them as well with some curiosity. Okay, yeah, I am feeling that. And now what uh, what might we do with that instead of a temper tantrum or pushing the parents' boundaries? And so doing some of this collectively as a family is helpful. It's not easy, um, but it's a developing leader. So you have to really also remember that with your seven is this person's 
going to be an engineer of some sort. They're going to be changing the world with their big thinking. And so I want to support that, but also not let them dominate because they're not ready for that. And so that's a big piece is having that. And I'm glad I, in that way that I had an eight dad and a nine-ish slash two-ish mom because they were, mom was able to let me have those tantrums and just kind of love me through them. And my dad was able to say, all right, enough is enough. And so that, in that way, they were really good parents. And I think I learned most of the stuff that they were struggling with wasn't about me. Um, And when it was, it was probably fair because I was testing so many boundaries and limits. And now I think we have more information as parents. And I think that's a gift to us to be able to say, okay, now we know more about regulation and self-soothing. How can we help that seven child to find that? How can we help them to rest, right? My mom was really good about that part. So I got some of that from her at least. Okay. Now the type eight child is going to want to test your boundaries and limits in a way that also carries not just the emotionality, but the, uh, the body type energy, which is we're entering body type skin. We talked about that one justice orientation body type. Um, now eights and nines also join them there and eights really come at life with a lot of, uh, pushing against the the current status quo to bring something better. They have a leadership quality. And so they're going to find all the cracks and crevices in your parenting and expose them and try to move through them and change the dynamic. And so what you can do to hold your ground, and I loved learning this from an eight, uh, was just to say, I see that you're going to be a great leader one day. This is not your time yet. And I appreciate that this is how you're wired, but you will get your turn when you're an adult, but I'm going to do this right now. And I have other gifts. Some of these are going to be direct. I'm never going to be a perfect parent, but we're going to be doing it in my way uh, now with this boundary or that boundary that I'm setting, or else she'll have a little tyrant developing who says, I run the show here. And we know kids' brains just aren't ready to fully run the show. Now, some eights have to because their parent is absent. And I get that, but I want you to be a present parent and I want you to do your own self-care. So make sure you get that too. As a nine child, you're going to want to hear that child. How many times have I said that on this pod? But even to this day, I have to work on that, even though my nine is so empowered and has now done the whole 32 weeks coursework um, or 32 hours of coursework with E&M and just has so much self-motivation because she's so awake and aware in her body work. And and that was on her own over the summer. I didn't even ask her to do that. Um, Yes, she's empowered. Yes, she still struggles with feeling heard. So understand that there's a both and even to a nine who has developed or is developing in your home. And even if you're like, yeah, I can tell they're nine-ish, I'm doing a perfect job. They still deal with an inner way and you probably still deal with needing to really settle and hear them. So help them to know that you're working on that. Help them to be honest and bold with you. And don't be afraid also to say to them, I want you to use your voice here. Uh, My son and I were waiting for my nine to say something today. And we both were waiting and we paused for a long time. And then we said, are you going to answer us? And she goes, I already did. And we were like, we were right next to you and we didn't hear you. And we were perfectly silent because she was uh, mumbling. But why was she mumbling? Because so many times, people don't hear her. So the truth is with your nine-ish child, it's a process, just like all these types. There's going to be so many good parts, like the nines love to take in all the perspectives and then make what they feel is hopefully a very fair assessment. But also 
they're going to feel sometimes like my voice doesn't maybe count as much because people forget me. So you can help to pave the way. It's been a beautiful journey to do this with my daughter. I wouldn't trade it for the world of trying to advocate for her because just seeing how far she's come. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's breathtaking, you know, and I would never want anything less than that journey for us. But I also understand Like I would love for her never to have to walk that journey again because how painful it is, but all of our kids are going to be, you know, sometimes misrepresented or misunderstood. And the last thing we want for them is to feel like they're also boxed in so fully to a type that they can't be expansive because we know the goal is expansiveness for them and for us. And in order to do this well, in order to even take any of the tips for one of the kid types, or maybe you took a bit from all of them because you're aware of wings and arrows. And I could certainly talk all day with you about that too, and how much my kids move around the Enneagram. Um, But suffice it to say, if you're getting your self-care, if you're taking care of your own self-soothing, doing your spiritual work with God, releasing to God in that way, taking the deep breaths, if you're making that intentional time with your spouse, really doing what you can to show your kids this is what healthy adult relationships and bonds look like, and you're also being a giver in the community, like these beautiful ways of modeling from self-care all the way to community giving, this is going to be your glow up, guys, as a family, as a couple, as a parent-child dynamic, and just know Knowing there's going to be a lot of mistakes, but that you're living your life with intention. That's a gorgeous legacy you're providing. And I'm just so happy you're doing that with and for your child. So take one thing from the pod today, and then also make sure that you are checking your emails for Ian M. Thank you for all who joined the collective. So grateful to have you. And I have fun goodies for everybody as our book launch re-emerges because we really told you about it over a month ago. And now we're coming back into the season of fall, which is so much fun with our book launch. We have a really fun Goodreads contest coming up. So make sure you are getting our emails. You can go to enneagramandmarriage.com to get those. If this episode was helpful to you and you're just out there like, I'm getting self-care with you, Krista. I'm doing this work with you. Tell me, write a review on Apple podcast and let me know so I can see it, that you're out there shining and doing your work. It feels so good to know that we are doing this together. I literally love it. I think of it daily and I'm so grateful for you. Have a wonderful day. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.